Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. you guys for tuning in to another episode of the key chat today my guest is miss shanice shields shanice is a philanthropist an educator she's an advocate for celiac disease awareness and she also appeared on the a e network's 60 days in so i have so much i want to talk to her about <laughs> and i'm really excited so how are you doing today i am awesome and amazing thanks for having me today Awesome. So I don't even know where to start. I did. <laughs> and I watched the show and the whole time I'm watching, I was like, oh my God, why is she there? You know, like leave. <laughs> I'll start off with that first. Um, for people that haven't watched 60 Days In, they have like several people that voluntarily go to jail for 60 days you know to find out different things to educate people what goes on in the system what made you decide you know that you wanted to appear and volunteer and do this well let me be honest it was not that was not my goal at first (laughs) Um, when I saw the original casting um it fit me you know do you have a big personality are you a fighter for the underdog um, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Would you like to appear on a docu-series where you can help people out? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm an educator. So, you know, for at-risk youth show, sure. And so once I realized that it was for 60 Days in, I was very familiar with the show because I was a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. And so I automatically said, oh, no, 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 no. I will not be doing that. And they were like, well, you know, well, why? What's your hesitation? Why don't you want to do it? And I said, well, I mean, it's jail, but beside that, I have celiac disease. And they had no idea what that was. Mm-hmm. And so once I kind of told them, they just said, well, you know, just think about it and see and let us do some research. And so I had several meetings with the production team, the casting team, you know, just kind of giving them the information about what celiac was so they could make sure that the jail could accommodate, you know, my needs while I was there. And so even after I said no, I started doing research and I realized that, you know, at that time, I didn't realize that celiac was covered under the American Disability Act as a um, silent, you know, or, or, or a blind disability. And so yeah. I start reading things and I start reading about other inmates that were in prison and jails and no one took them serious and they thought they were complaining. And I was like, you know, well, maybe this is a rare opportunity for me to do something um to try to bring awareness to something that has drastically changed my life and so you know after uh, much prayer contemplation and uh, speaking to my family I decided to do it Mm -hmm. 
And that was the main thing, like, when I was watching, I was like, wow, you know, she has this medical condition. And the, the scene that struck me the most is when you were, like, trying to tell the guard that you hadn't eaten and you, like, you hadn't eaten breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and the lady just was like, whatever, you know? So I was like, wow, it's one thing, you know, that you're putting yourself in a situation, but, you know, your health was at risk. <laughs> so, you know, how did, you know, did you have any hesitation I know you just mentioned that but how soon was it once you got in where it's like you know wait a minute my <laughs> health is thing you know that I really have to consider like how was that feeling um it was actually it, it hit me sooner than I thought for the simple fact that I was not able to eat like I was trying to eat before I went into the jail and due to time constraints I wasn't allowed to I placed my order but it was taking too long so I went into the jail hungry and so I was nervous from the get-go knowing that it may be a day it may be a week it may be a month before I eat and so um I really I really wanted to tap out during intake you know Mm -hmm. when I was sitting in there because it was like it was real. I'm a jokester. Like, you know, I like to play a lot of games. And so in my mind, excuse me, I always tell people in my mind, you remember the show Punked? Like with Mm -hmm. Ashton Kutcher? I used to, you know, I was thinking in my head, like, okay, this is like really not happening. I'm really not about to go to jail. Like they about to tell me that I'm on Punked and that's the show that I'm really on. And once it was real, I was like, you know what? I started it. I got to at least try it and go as far as I can. Um, and so I just decided I'm going to, I made a promise to my my family. I said, I'm going to go as far as I can. If I feel like my health is in jeopardy or my safety is in jeopardy, I'm giving the signal and I'm out. Right. And so I knew that I had that capability, unlike a lot of people, but I tried not to use that a lot because what about the people that are in jail that can't give a signal? Or what about the people that are in prison that can't give the signal? So yeah. as much as I could, I tried to do that. But when it came to my health, when I started having health issues, I had to, you know, make some some uh, decisions, some tough decisions. Yeah, I feel you. Because I definitely felt some type of way, like when the other cast member left and they showed her going to the hotel room and stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, like, it just makes you think, you know. So I definitely, of course, want to get into you educating us about celiac. But one last thing about the show. I know there was another scene when you said you had, like, the best moments in there and the worst moment of, like, your life in there. What were the lessons that you just picked up being an observer in such a, I don't even know what to call it, like a social experiment, I guess? Like, <laughs> you know, like, what did you pick up from that? The the number one thing that I picked up is that I didn't think I would be capable of really loving those women, even though, the, you know, they're criminals. It's, I didn't think I would be able to see through their crime. And what made me kind of see through that is we've all made mistakes. And some of us have just not gotten caught. And, you know, I've had situations where I could have ended up in jail, but by the grace of God, I didn't. And so it really just taught me to just listen to the to the to the person and and feel the energy and not necessarily judge their crime and get to know them. It was a a young lady that was in there for murder. 
Mm. And, you know, before I went into the jail, I had, um, I had a few days. And so I had <laughs> looked at the mug shots and knew, you know, what people were charged with and who I wanted to stay away from. Oh, so okay. initially my thought process was like, I'm staying away from her. She's here for murder. But I just took away all of my preconceived ideas and it really taught me to be empathetic and sympathetic because I never fully had an understanding of why people continue to go to jail over and over and over and over again. I never understood that. And then I asked the question because my roommate was one that had been in and out of the system since she was 15. So for 25 years, she'd been in and out of the juvenile detention center, in and out of jail, in and out of prisons. And so just really learning, you know, what their issues are. So maybe when I get out, I can, you know, work with different organizations. Now that I know what the root cause of the issue is and why they keep coming back to jail, maybe we can set up some programs to help them create their own normals because that's a lot of it. It's like they don't have structure. And so just learning and, and being open to learn and know that I, I went in there with the mission and a purpose with celiac disease and my mission was um, weapons and contraband, mm -hmm. but being open to whatever else God wanted me to discover whoever he wanted me to mentor, whoever he wanted me to, you know, talk to. And I was open with that. And it was just such an amazing and awesome experience, even though you never saw those things in the show, because that would go contrary, you know, to the type, my character that they wanted me, my role that they wanted me to play. But yeah, it was, it was just, it was a very unique experience. <laughs> Because I know I saw part where you mentioned, like, you thought it would be, like, the women to be worried about, but it was really the staff. So, you know, yeah, you know. And I think, like, what you just mentioned, another reason why they probably didn't want to show all of that, because they didn't want to really humanize the people that's in there. Definitely. Know? Definitely. You know? Because, you know, when you ask about me eating, um, it took about three days for me to get a gluten-free meal, but you saw a little bit of it, but the inmates were the ones that were going around. They were like, okay, so, you know, Simmons, you know, you know, what, what can you eat? You know, mm -hmm. what, what can you eat that's on the tray? Well, I can eat, I can eat the oranges. So they mm -hmm. would go around and collect every, hey, you know, Simmons has celiac. She can't eat this, 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 this. So, you know, can we, can we have your oranges? Can we have your apples? And to just see people that didn't even know me that, you know, we later bonded because they wanted to know more. What is celiac? What is this disease? When I start getting a quote unquote gluten-free meal, what yeah. is this? You know, they start asking questions. I didn't expect criminals that didn't know me right. to like go to bat for me at times more than the participants that I was in there with. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that really is something else. Now, of course, educate us all about celiac disease i know you know we've talked about it how obviously there are certain things you cannot eat you mentioned mm -hmm. gluten-free diet I also just from what i saw on this show just from the research about you you mentioned you lost like a significant amount of weight 
and you were mm-hmm. initially diagnosed. So definitely yeah. find celiac disease and how it's so around 12 years ago, I was losing weight and I was like, cool. But I didn't think anything of it because at the time I was a gym teacher. And so I'm a type of teacher that I'm working out with the kids. I'm working out. I'm doing what you're doing. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm working out. And then I'm noticing like something's wrong. My hair started falling out and I met with a beautician and she was like, you have some type of deficiency or something. Hmm. So then I noticed I start my skin. I start having like splotches on my skin. At the time I was, I was 29 and I stopped having a menstrual cycle and I'm like, I haven't had a cycle in a year. This isn't normal. And mm-hmm. so I was really busy at the time. But when I start thinking about all of those different things together, I said, something's wrong. Something, something is, is, is very much wrong. I remember I was a gym teacher with middle school and I remember one of the middle schoolers picked me up and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh no, some got to give. And right. so I um, started going to the doctor. You know, I told her my primary care physician at the time, I said, I think I'm going through menopause. And she's like, girl, you ain't going through no menopause. You good. You good. I'm like, no, but for real, like, I'm real high. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And so she starts sending me to different specialists. And, you know, we just kind of, my, my doctor is my sorority sister and my friend. And so we, you know, she I said, just give it to me straight. What, what do you think it can be? And she said, you know, we're going to have to run some tests, do some blood work. I'm going to probably have to take you to some specialists, send you to some specialists. But I think it can be, it could be diverticulitis. I'm like, what? A diverticulitis? Who the And so then, of course, I go home and I looked that up. She said it could be Crohn's disease. She said it could be cancer. She was like, it could be HIV with the amount of weight that you've lost. It could be HIV, AIDS. And I'm like, what? And so I just remember going home and researching all of this stuff. And then it was like, okay, well, it's not any of the stuff that I thought it was. So now I'm going to send you to a gastrointestinal doctor. And so I had the endoscopy, the colonoscopy. Um, They kind of messed that up. So I had to go back and do another one. I wasn't really trustworthy of that. They didn't find anything. And so I just was like, you know what? I, I guess there's nothing wrong. You know, it's just all this stuff just happened to just happen to me. Right. And I was like, I'm over it. You know, I'm de- deathly afraid well I was I'm not now deathly afraid of needles and I'm like you know what I'm sick of getting picked and probed at and they don't know what's wrong with me you know as a child I was sick they told me I had IBS they said that I had um, anemia and so I'm doing all this stuff that I've been picked and probed at I'm over it and so I remember my family was like no it's your health like you got to keep pushing right and so I talked to my doctor and she's like, well, let me send you to an oncologist. So she sent me to an oncologist and they're like, well, we don't know what to tell you. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, let me just go to a gynecologist. And it was so weird when I walked in um, and I started talking to her, she was like, 
I just think you have celiac disease. And I said, don't, don't tell me nothing about it. I don't want to know. I was like, I don't want to research nothing else because they told me that I, they thought I had diverticulitis and I love strawberries. And I had like 25 anxiety attacks thinking that I was going to have to eliminate that from my diet. And I ain't trying to do that. So I was like, just do whatever test you need to do. I ain't had, have not had a, a menstrual cycle. You know, these are the other things. Do what you got to do, but don't, don't give me nothing, no impossible no maybe just let's just wait mm-hmm. and so then I got the call that told me that um I did have celiac disease and that um because I was misdiagnosed my entire life that I was really infertile I had um no eggs and that um I could probably do you know get like donor eggs or whatever but I wouldn't be able to, you know, have conceived naturally. And then in 2017, I actually had to have surgery because I had a lot of cysts on my fallopian tubes. Mm -hmm. And so I had to to make a quick decision. And so I made the decision for them to take the fallopian tube so I would not potentially develop cancer later. And so um, celiac disease has really changed my life. And so that's why it was so, it was so hurtful for the way that I felt like I was betrayed. Although now I'm seeing that a lot of people saw through that and they knew that it's just editing, you know, there is just a reality show, but you know, it is something that I've always loved kids. I've always loved kids and I've always loved dogs. That's like always, I was a kid picking up kids. And so to have a disease, you know, snatch motherhood away from me, it, it, it devastated me. You know, I, I wrote a monologue and it's on my YouTube page called defective woman, because, you know, since having my surgery, I don't really date, you know, because I don't want to have those conversations. I mean, of course, now everybody in the world knows I can't have children and they know that. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons I maybe did it is like, okay, let me just put it out there because I don't want to, you know, date and have this conversation because that was one of the issues with my last relationship was, Mm -hmm. you know, celiac disease, me having the surgery, not being able to have kids, Mm -hmm. um, not being able to match his love language because of my health. Yeah. You know, so knowing the different aspects of my life that celiac has affected is it was a no brainer to to go to jail and bring awareness and, you know, about the disease just itself. But how you need to handle people in the criminal justice system, because one percent of people suffer from celiac disease. So that means that you have people in the jails and prison systems that have it. I had someone, I thought it was on YouTube, but maybe he emailed me. I had people reach out to me all kinds of ways. I had um, a a guy reach out to me. He was in prison for seven years and he didn't tell them that he had celiac disease because he just didn't want the stigma of being, you know, a problem or, you know, getting special treatment. And so he just kind of had to navigate through that himself and I don't think it's fair that if you are a certain religion that you are served certain foods or the foods are notated that it's kosher or halal but that's a choice you made I didn't choose to have celiac disease but when I go to you know purchase commissary items 
nothing's notated if it's gluten-free or not. And mm. so I was like, you know what? I have a mouthpiece and I'm going to use it. And the thing about it is because it is a silent autoimmune disease that people, you know, often think people are exaggerating. I, I hate in one way that I started developing another autoimmune disease while I was in jail with my feet swelling up and mm. my heart palpitations, but I was almost glad because one of the other in, uh, participants, Jennifer, you mm. know, I told her, I don't, I don't think this made the air. I, I can't remember because it's been a while since I've seen all of the episodes, but I was like, you're one of those type of people that you need to see somebody sick to believe them. Yeah. And, you know, and she was like, yeah. And so it was, I have people in my family that way too, that thought, you know, my whole life I was a hypochondriac because they couldn't find anything wrong with me. And then it was like, once it was identified, you have this, you have this, you have this. It was like, oh, so I get how people feel because I've been ostracized at moments by friends, family, coworkers, because they don't understand. I didn't understand. I didn't know what celiac disease was before I was diagnosed with it. I didn't know what gluten was and gluten intolerance and gluten sensitivity. I care because it affects me and the people around me care because it affects someone that they care about. But, you know, a lot of people don't care and I want them to care. Mm. I want them to care. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions? Like, I know you said that there are some people, they have to see you think they have to see it. They just won't take your word for it. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is misconceptions and how is it with what you're dealing with navigating your everyday life? You know, how has it affected you? And I know like mm. you that infertility, which I definitely, my heart goes out to you with that. How has it affected just your daily energy? You know, I know like obviously it affects your diet, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. energy levels, things like that, you know, and what are like, and then back to misconceptions, do you feel like sometimes you have to explain this to people too much to mm-hmm. and like why you have to eat certain things, why you can't do this? Do you, feel like you have to always explain yourself to people? Yeah, I'll start with the misconceptions. I'll say the main misconception is that this is a choice. It's a, it's a lifestyle choice and it's not a lifestyle choice. You know, I remember um, being, you know, in jail and, you know, I had uh, say I can't eat the chicken because it touched the noodles. Well, just take the chicken out. Well, I can't because that's called cross-contamination. And what is that? And so then I'm trying to explain to him. And then there was a scene, people was like, you know, Shanice was so picky. You know, she said she can't eat, the, she hates the skin of an apple. But what they didn't tell you is, as a person that has celiac disease, the stomach lining, my stomach lining can't digest those vitamins and those nutrients like everyone else. And so I am constantly sick when I'm trying to digest those. So when I'm eating an apple, now I know, I didn't know when I was first diagnosed, why am I getting sick? And it's because I'm eating this skin where the nutrients are, which is what I need, but it's hard for me to digest that. So it is always explaining. It's always feeling like 
I don't even want to go somewhere to an event because I don't know if they're going to have something gluten-free. I don't know if I can trust it. If I go to a restaurant and I say, hey, you know, like chicken wings, you can Mm -hmm. have not fried chicken wings, but like, you know, chicken wings, barbecue chicken wings. Some people fry those in, in, in flour. Some people don't. When I'm getting chicken wings, I'm asking, you know, well, are your chicken wings gluten-free, huh? Are mm. your chicken wings gluten-free? I, I don't know. I have to walk out. And mm. so it's very frustrating, you know, to just know that cross-contamination, like one of the things I used to love was McDonald's fries. It's, mm. it's not only do I have to watch out what I eat, the cross-contamination. I have two dogs that are sitting here with me. They have to be on a gluten-free diet because if I, I have to, what they kiss me, I don't want to, you know, I don't want my face or something to break out. You know, it's, it's affected my relationships because it's like, I don't really want to go out because, you know, I had cross-contamination. I tried to go out and do something and now I'm sick. When you have cross-contamination or when you eat something, it's not a hour thing and you're done it could be two three five seven days depending on how much you know you ingested and so you know that was the issue with my last relationship it was it was just simpler his his love language was was quality time and physical touch well at the time I was having the womanly issues and having pain so I ain't trying to touch you and I'm not trying to spend quality time because I don't feel good I don't know if I'm about to have to throw up. It's embarrassing. As a as a person that when I was first diagnosed with celiac and I was learning about what was gluten-free and what wasn't, like, and it sounds simple, but it's it's not. Yeah. I had indigestion and gas like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that. And so I had to like join different groups and like, is this normal? You know, because you feel so abnormal. You feel like I'm the only one in the world going through this. And I don't know how to explain this to people. And I don't know how to tell people that, like, I had real bad gas and then we just started dating. And I really don't want to be around you, you know, going through that and going to the bathroom every few minutes. Like, it's over explaining. And it's just like, you know what? I've, it's become a point where I just have learned to enjoy my own time by myself. And because I don't have to explain anything to myself. And it's like, you know, I I, uh, make t-shirts. And so I make a lot of shirts. Like the only person I'm talking to today is my dog. Cause I'm like, they get it. They know my, my energy's off. They, they give me my time. They understand. They love me through that. And, you know, some individuals are not empathetic or sympathetic and they don't have the capability of, you know, understanding and loving you through some of your hardest times and they don't understand when you're suffering with one autoimmune disease, chances are you're going to get more than more than one. If you have one, like I have three and Mm. really four because I'm, I'm transitioning out of Graves disease because I had, I don't know if you can see it, but I had a thyroidectomy because when I developed Graves disease while I was in jail because of the poor Mm. nutrition and the cross-contamination. And so people don't realize that I really made a huge sacrifice trying to bring awareness to something that's changed my life. I didn't have to, you know, make up a story and say I had celiac to be on TV. I wanted to bring awareness and, you know, thank God I'm doing it. And 
I don't like the fact that we had the pandemic, but because yeah. of the pandemic, I had an opportunity that a lot of people that were on 60 days in didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, I was bringing awareness, but guess what? There hasn't been a season seven yet. Mm-hmm. So I have an opportunity. I'm still, people are still researching me. I get messages every day on social media, YouTube, you know, whether it's about the editing, whether it's about, thank you for what you did, whether it's about, I have celiac sister, I get it. It, it, it was an opportunity of a lifetime that changed my life, but I don't regret it, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow, like I said, you definitely made a huge sacrifice because like I said, as I was watching, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, she has to help faster. And that's why I was like, wow, like she's really risking her life, you yeah. know. Uh, so like I said, I definitely, like, I couldn't have did it, you know, so you, know, so you definitely a strong woman for doing it. So I was like, <laughs> putting herself out there, you know, so that's a lot. So I want to talk about your philanthropy. Like, okay. you know, you have a great mission. And I know like you also, when you went on the show, you mentioned you were an educator for at-risk youth. So I know you already have that heart for helping people. So tell yeah. everybody about your philanthropy and other things that you're doing to make a difference. Sure. Sure. So, you know, after kind of being disappointed of the lack of education that was uh, the opportunity that the network had to bring awareness about my autoimmune diseases, among others, I actually started a production company hmm. um, called Classy Creations Production Company because I already have Classy Creations. And so um, adding a production company side to it. And so we uh, started working on our docu-series to bring awareness to not only celiac disease, but other autoimmune diseases. And it's called Autoimmune Diseases, No More Suffering in Silence. And so just bringing awareness to the things that we're doing um, to uh, that we have to go through every day, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. So people can become more empathetic and sympathetic and do the things that they need to to support their family, their friends, their loved ones. Um, I also... Um, I actually just had a, a meeting with the, one of the celiac nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. And so working with them and trying to work with some of the other autoimmune organizations to bring awareness, to get the signage that the, the prisons and the jails need to know. You know, one of the problems was they didn't know in the jail that I was in, they didn't know in the cafeteria what gluten was. So they're giving me a gluten-free meal, but how can you give me a gluten-free meal if you don't even know what gluten is? And Mm -hmm. so making sure that those prisons and those jail systems get that, making sure that when you, you, you drive around, if you have celiac, you have the right documentation, make sure you know your doctor's number. Like I'm telling people, if you have celiac disease, because I was asked, do you have a doctor's note? So, mm-hmm. you know, well, let's get some documentation that we can have, that we can carry around where if we do go to jail, if they ask us that when we're going through intake, we can give it to them. And so just bringing awareness and actually just opening myself up. I am a very private person. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert, but when it comes to my business and my health, prior to doing this, I was an introvert. And I, I am just putting myself out there to 
you know, bring awareness and working on a children's line of children's books for, you know, autoimmune diseases, working on, um, I started a nonprofit when I was in Missouri called Creative Minds, where it's a nonprofit organization that is like a mentoring program that works with youth that a lot of at-risk youth that want to do different things in the arts. And so before you decide, let me go to college. You know, I was blessed. I thought I wanted to major in journalism. Mm -hmm. I was going to go to college and spend money and major in journalism only to find out that I'm not a journalism type person. I'm a creative writer. So Mm -hmm. working with those youth to help them identify what they want to do before they go spend money doing that. And so just mentoring and helping people with my production company, um, I'm doing a lot of writing right now. And some of the things are, you know, to bring awareness, I'm I'm working on uh, a uh, pilot right now that is about, you know, celebrating people that have unconventional beauty. Mm-hmm. I wrote a feature uh, movie that's about loosely based off my life about just supporting people. So my, my mission statement with my production company is to empower, mm-hmm. to inspire, to educate, and then lastly, to entertain. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the other things is I want to I like Ratchet TV, but I want people to want to look for positive things on TV instead of the ratchet stuff all the time and, you know, want to help people grow and, you know, teaching people what I do. You know, I bring on, I have a lot of people that say, hey, can we just work with your production company because, you know, we want to learn what you 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 learn. And I have people that, of course, because I was on 60 Days In, they want to work with me. So working with people and, and teaching them how, you know, if you want to be on a reality show, I can work with you and I can tell you what I did to get on there. If mm-hmm. you want to be on a game show, I can help you do that. I've been on Family Feud um, mm-hmm. and had an opportunity to be flown down to Atlanta twice to do that. And mm-hmm. so just being a voice for people in the community and the world, if they need advice, you know, I I originally started a blog called um, the Midwest Gluten-Free Diva. So I go around and I review, you know, gluten-free restaurants, gluten-free items. And so I just want to be known as the autoimmune disease warrior where whatever somebody says, hey, we have an issue dealing with this. Can you help us try to figure out the people to deal with it? Or, you know, can your production company do, you know, a commercial or something where we can bring awareness and get people together and so just just trying to, to change people's mindset. That's mm. where I'm at right now. Wow, wow. That is definitely a lot. And I agree with you. You're speaking to the choir. I do believe that as African-Americans, women of color, we need positive images in media. You know, like I said, I, same thing. I like tuning in to ratchetness when I feel like it for, you know, entertainment. But as far as that being the just the the scope for us no you know positive images of us as much as possible you know like a catchiness to me really truly is entertainment which a lot of times that's not even a goal when they put it out there you know what I'm saying exactly we definitely need less of that so lastly the platform the key chat and go queen is about self-love and 
just how self-love really is the fuel to every aspect of our lives. Now, I know with everything that you've mentioned, like I said, you have gone through a lot and you still have a huge smile, you know, and that you're reaching out to others. How has your, how do you view self-love, number one? What is your definition and how have you applied it in your life? Because I know you've gone through a lot and you still have that bright light about you. You're still moving forward. And I know like a lot of things that we all go through can affect our mental health, you know? So how have great self-love to, you know, work on your mental health too, so that you can be who you are in spite of, you know what I'm saying? So how has, how has this affected you and how have you applied self-love? It's been hard. I have a lot of bad days. But with the, the, the self-love aspect is over the last few years before I started, you know, developing Graves disease and all of that, I've really built confidence and, you know, it's different things, you know, going, going to family feud and sending a video of just myself and not the family, build up my confidence, build up myself like, hey, you know, you, you kind of got, got something. And just doing different things, you know, attending the T-Style workshop and realizing that you you are here for a reason and you have a bright light and there are people that are going through things that are worse than you. And so once I kind of thought about that, it was like, you know what? I'm going to live every day like it's my last because Mm -hmm. I can't look like what I've been through and I can't wear that on my sleeve especially being an educator because a lot of the stories that I would hear from my students were things I never could imagine dealing with and so I think the fact that when I used to talk to my students a lot of their issues come came from the fact that they didn't love themselves they didn't understand themselves they didn't even enjoy being with themselves and so they felt like they had to be with someone else to get that love and I really just kind of prayed that through all these trials and tribulations that I could just stay positive and even when I have a bad day it's like okay you know what and this is what I honestly, I do. My family can tell you, my friends, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Uh, depending on the situation, I'm going to get myself to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in my feelings. I'm going to cry. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be all of that. And, you know, I'm going I'm to throw myself a pity party. But at 12.01, baby, it's a new day. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember that. So I allow myself the opportunity to feel what I need to feel because that's important. You know, sometimes as, as, as women and women of color, we don't want to cry and we don't want to feel that because we're so strong. So I think with the self-love, I allow myself to feel sad. I allow mm-hmm. myself to feel anger. I allow myself to feel pity. And, you know, my confidence may be down but I don't stay there. Mm. I don't stay there. And I think that that's the key. And then realizing that I worked at Disney world. Mm -hmm. This was a, this was a key changer for me working at Disney world. You have the make a wish foundation. You have kids where their last dying wishes to come to Disney world. Mm -hmm. So what they told you is I don't care if you are sick, 
if your mama died, if you just lost your last $20, mm. they didn't say all that. That's me ad living because this was like back 20 plus years ago. But the gist was when you come to work, you are on stage. So whatever you have going on, leave that behind because a lot of these kids, you are going to be the last face that they remember. So when you're on stage, you put all that behind. And so mm-hmm. that is how I try to live my life. And a lot of times people are like, we had no idea you were going through this and you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. shouldn't because you going through stuff too, baby. What am mm-hmm. I going to be going around? Oh, I heard this is bad and I can't do this. Because <laughs> everybody has aches and pains. And the thing my mama told me about life, and this is where self-love I think comes in too. She said, life is like this. Everybody is either going through something, they just finished going through something, or they about to go through something. Mm. And if you look at life like that, love yourself, appreciate yourself, value yourself, value what you bring to the table. I didn't know that I brought to the table that I was capable of having a video that's out on A&E and 4.9 million people watch it. Mm-hmm. But I know it now. And so now that I know it and I know my God-given gift, use your God-given gift before you lose your God-given gift. And that's part of self-love. Whew. Wow, girl, you just said a word. I, I, you said a word. I just appreciate your transparency and your honesty and just being an example like you said we are on stage you know what I'm saying we not everyone has to know what goes on when you step off that stage and I mm-hmm. definitely that lesson that you just dropped up. before we end everything tell everybody how they can contact you how they can sure. find media and how they can learn more about you like I definitely appreciate this conversation I really myself so definitely tell everybody how they can connect with you sure so on social media i'm drama queen queen with the k because i am a member of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated uh so you can find me drama queen 16 queen with the k i'm also on youtube so i have a drama queen vlog so i do reviews i do monologues you can actually see my comedy skit which i talk about some funny things that happened while i was in jail some questions people have asked me about 60 days in drama queen blog on youtube drama queen 16 everywhere else queen with a k awesome thank you so much again this is miss shanice Shields. she was on 60 days in and she really is a warrior i do appreciate everything that you share with us and i hope you guys take in these amazing gems that she dropped like she said we've all either we're about to go through something we're in the middle of going through it. Uh, we've damn sure already been through something. Mm. And life does not give us a preview, unfortunately, of the things that we're going to experience. But by the grace of God, we can have that self-love and that strength to not let those hard balls that are thrown at us define us. And that is yes. the truth of life is how we're going to take those things that have been thrown at us and how we're going to move forward. How are we going to carry that weight? Are we going to give to others? Are we going to let that weight just weigh us down? Are we going to let it rob us of our happiness? And that is the true way so that your crown may slip, but just don't let it fall. Do not let the things at us 
define us. We're better and we're bigger and we're greater than that. But own your feelings too. It's okay to be sad some days. It's okay to say, I do not want to deal with this. But yeah. once it, a clock strikes 12, it's a new day. So thank exactly. you guys for the chat. Make sure you guys connect Go Queen TV or www.goqueen.com and make sure you be safe and go love yourself. Go Queen, go Queen, go Queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen.